Welcome to the Religious Renegade Podcast. My name is Christina Carlson, and I am a life coach, podcast host, and ex-evangelical. On this podcast, I am dedicated to sharing stories and having conversations that honor what we have been through while looking to the expansiveness of the future that has so many possibilities. I love nuance and mystery and do not live in the black and white, so you may discover new ways of seeing things, new ideas, and some things that may stretch you a little. My wish for you in listening to this is that you envision a more expansive future for yourself while feeling seen for who you are and where you have been. I'm so glad that you're here. Hello everyone, welcome back and thank you so much for your patience as I edited this most recent episode with Karina. I did have some technical difficulties with it, um, which is why the sound might be a little different than usual. Um, but this, uh, this story, Karina's story, is a truly incredible and one of her finding her own voice and finding herself uh, within her and letting herself fully be her coming to the forefront and living as authentically as possible. And there's so much beautiful wisdom in here and funny, insightful analogies and metaphors. And uh, she's just a delightful person with a lot of incredible things to say. Um, And I really hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed having this conversation with her. Uh, Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for talking to me. I'm so excited to talk to you. Me too. And I I appreciate you, you know, your support and everything. Like, I love, man, it means so much because there's moments where I'm like, you know, am I really doing anything here? You know, I'm I'm just flapping my lips. (laughs) So like, am I really, you know, like doing something? Folks be coming up in my DMs like, oh, you know, thank you, et cetera. And I'm like, okay, okay. All right, maybe I'm doing a little something here. I posted a um, video that I saw from a guy who is absolutely gorgeous one. And he posted this thing, this new video saying, close your eyes and picture your younger self, your, your child self coming up to you, running to you and hugging you. And I was like, I was bombarded. But after I did that exercise, I was like, the first thing that I thought or felt wasn't bad. It wasn't negative. In fact, it was, oh my gosh, I pictured myself saying, wow, look at you. Oh my gosh, you, you did that and you... Oh my goodness, and you're here and and you're married and you have the house and you have this land and you have your daughter and you came through all of this stuff and you look at you, look at you, look at you. And I was just like, mm. I you know, and I it's funny that it registered then more than ever because I was like, I never really sat in it. You're gonna get through it though. Like you're actually going to go through this thing and you're going to come out of it on top in some kind of way, or you're going to experience another happy moment. It's going to come because it's inevitable, whether it's a moment of laughter 
whether it's uh, you got an extra scoop on your ice cream, <laughs> whether it's, you know, you got a new job, whether it's you got married, whether it's, you know, your kid graduated from high school, mm-hmm. whether it's you, you got from point A to B on the road safely, there's always something that balances out that, you know, unpleasantness. And it's always going to come, but it's like you got to sit in it long enough and sit in it well enough to note that it's happening to you or for you because it's, it's yeah, it's for you. It's, it's for mm-hmm. your experience. It's unique. And a lot of introspection the past few weeks. And you grow up in a belief system that makes you grow up too in uh, certain ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in other ways, it keeps you as a child. So yes. Yeah. Where you're supposed to be an adult, it keeps you as a child. And where you're supposed to be a child, it keeps it tries to push you into being an adult. And I'm like, yes. Mm-mm. That's so backwards. Christianity tends to like infantilize the parts of us that need to grow up. And mm-hmm. then, but then treats us like, treats little kids like adults in the sense that we're given that weight of responsibility for what we're doing. Mm -hmm. It's yes. It's so like, can you tell me about like your particular upbringing? How, like, what was that like for you? How did that look for you? I'm the oldest. I grew up as the oldest out of my siblings. Okay. I didn't get to mention that, but um, how many siblings? uh, Three other siblings. Mm. And, um, on top of being the oldest, the pressure, you know, of being the oldest and being the one who's supposed to be all, always told to me, always told to me, you're the example, you're the example, you're the mm. example. And I'm like, for them? <laughs> like, how? Like, why? What, why do you like? Oh, you know, I didn't really ask that then. That's the question I asked recently through my deconstruction. But um, mm-hmm. during the time, I just accepted it. But I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what mm-hmm. that meant. Yeah. As a child, you don't know what that means. You're the mm-hmm. example. No, you're the parents and you're the example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's another conversation. Sure. But, <laughs> um, you know, and here's the thing. Uh, a lot of us going through deconstruction have to go through that process of dealing with the shadow of our parents and how they brought us up mm-hmm. and feeling that resentment mm-hmm. and being able to let that go. I was mm-hmm. able to let that go. You know, I found it to be a source for a lot of things, but then I let go of it being the reason for anything that was happening for me now, mm-hmm. because now I have, you know, full reigns over my life. And now I'm going to be the one to direct um, what happens to me. Mm-hmm. So now what happened in the past um, is only useful for, you know, my tool belt as I need, it, you know, but that's about it. It's a good thing to take accountability, to take responsibility for, um, you know, where you want to go now. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not negating what happened to you. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. It's not minimizing your experience. Absolutely not. And it's certainly not victim blaming. I don't do that. Um, That's why I say it's accountability for now. Mm -hmm. Because you have no control over what happened 
to you or happened in your life previously. It's it's past, it's done, um, and it it did happen. Um, but today, now, if that situation is no longer set up the way it was previously, then this is a different situation, and so different decisions and moves can be. Growing up, my attention, my autonomy, my value, my opinion, they weren't valued. Right. Yeah. They were not valued. In fact, they were labeled immediately as rebellious. Yeah. You just be rebellious. I want to, I want to talk about that too, for a second, because I was like, Oh, I think one of my questions was like, uh, like you've always had a good radar for bullshit. You, you, you seem to have like really good opinions on a lot of things and even just opinions. Like you were a very thought out person. What was it like being being in that situation where your opinion wasn't valued as a kid? What was your like response to handling that? I was a very um, compromising child. I wanted to be good. That was the straw on the camel's back for me. When Mm. I examine myself and I look back at when I gave my life to the Lord at age 11, Age 11. (laughs) But I did it ultimately thinking this is a good thing to do and I want to be a good person. And they're telling me that God, an all-powerful being, the end-all to all the be-all, will consider me good and I could have that stamp of being a good person if I accept Jesus. The other portion of it was I wanted to make my mom proud. I wanted to make her happy. Because I knew she loved Jesus and she was, you know, serious about it. And I I wanted to be serious about it too. Mm -hmm. So I remember going up, getting prayed for, and, um, you know, doing the protocol of falling back when they put their hand on my head. (laughs) Sure, sure. I I sat there. I did have an experience, but I know what it is now. It was something that was always in me. Mm. It wasn't something that came externally. It was something that woke up. Yeah. And that I said, basically, it was um, an introduction. It was like, it was like it said, hey, hi. I've been here for a while and I was hoping we'd get a chance to talk. Tell me about that. What was what was it that you were like now looking back, what is it that you were you were in touch with there? It's something, you know, that most people would say is uh higher self or uh mm. you know, or your 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 inner self, your true self. You know, yeah. that self that's connected to everything and everybody. You know, your real your real consciousness, your real reality, who you are all the way deep down and Mm. I met her but she had to sit down Mm. for a very 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 long time Mm. that's how I dealt with the being called rebellious or having to suppress my opinions or even my own creativity had to be dictated this is how you're going this is the song you're going to sing no Mm. you're not going to do that kind of music no you're 
you know what I mean? The, the stifling, the, uh, all of that made me sit her down mm. and quiet her. And uh, when did you meet her again? Mm. Huh. Let me see. Like when did she stand up? <laughs> wow. I met her again. Literally, honestly, three years ago. Okay. Um, like I said, my deconstruction was, gosh, a lengthy process. It was one day where I realized I, I noticed her when I was by myself and it was from a thought that I had and it was that I was innately good. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, I said, you always wanted to be a good person. I look back on elementary school and a girl came, a girl uh, in my class, she was, you know, she had a thick build. She was taller than the rest of us in the class. Big, very sizable hands. Okay. Um, and uh, I remember us waiting to go outside for lunch recess. We had all eaten our lunches and the lunch attendant was telling us to hush, be quiet, and then we can go outside. I was finishing a sentence to a friend of mine, and the girl said, he said, be quiet. And I said, I am being quiet. She said, well, shut up. And I said, make me. And she smacked me across the face. And they was like, oh. And it stung. And there was a little red mark on my face from it. And I just sat there and just closed my eyes because at that point, tears were coming down my face. And I just sat silent. And they said, hit her back, hit her back. And I said, no. And I just sat there. Later on that day, I had to go to the restroom. I went to the restroom, came out, washed my hands, came out the stall to wash my hands. Heard somebody else in the bathroom and she comes out. We're alone in the bathroom and she walks over to me and she starts speaking to me like I was an elder, like I was her aunt or something. She said, I am so sorry. I should have never hit you like that and I'll never do it again. And if anybody tries to mess with you, I got your back. So I had my own personal bodyguard in the fifth grade. (laughs) (laughs) But I looked back on that moment and I was like, why did I not hit me? I had a compassion for her because something I felt when she hit me, I was like, she's not an awful person. There's something that caused her to react that way and it doesn't have anything to do with me. Mm-hmm. I just knew, I just knew it. She may, I don't remember too distinctly or clearly, but um, I, she might've been going with turmoil with her mom, her grandmother raising her or something like that at the time. There was something going on. So. Mm-hmm. My empathy and my intuitiveness was always pretty, I mean, just pretty strong. Hello, everyone. Christina Carlson here. If you've left your religion behind and feel uncertain what your direction or purpose is now, or if you're feeling like you're having trouble accessing your personal power and getting in touch with your intuition, 
I would love to chat with you. I am a life coach and I specifically work with people who have left religion to find their purpose and reconnect with themselves. Please click the link in the show notes to learn more or just head to christinamcarlson.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-M-C-A-R-L-S-O-N.com. Thank you so much. Now back to the show. I look back at that moment and then I look back at looked up at another moment where um, I was dating this guy and he uh, we were together for about two years, a little over two years. I had been a regular staple at his family's gatherings and just, you know, his grandfather would call me daughter, granddaughter-in-law because, you know, everybody just pretty much assumed that, you know, I was that wife material, I guess. <laughs> and um, he had told me that I was, you know, so a few times. So I was assumed that we were working towards that. And he ended up breaking up with me. And I was like, that is incredible. That's incredible. And there was a time where um, my grandmother, my Grammy, the one who passed uh, just this year, um, mm-hmm. she sat down with him and actually kind of asked him some questions. And she was like, after he left, she was like, that ain't it. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I tried to break up with him at that time. Because I was like, we're not a good fit. Nope, 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 nope. And I know my Grammy's right. I know mm-hmm. she's right. She never wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, he, but he was like, no, 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 no. So he did all of that and broke up with me. A little while later, maybe um, probably a few months, a few months down the line, he calls me out of the blue, says, hey, how you doing? How's it going? And I was like, oh, I'm good, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know, maybe we could do lunch one day or something. I was like, yeah, sure, let's set that up. That sounds good. I, I was thinking maybe he needed a moment to, you know, think about how fantastic I am and then. Sure. Right. Oh no! Don't you just love church boys. <laughs> so uh, it happened to be a Friday. That Sunday, I'm in choir. I'm in the choir, um, as usual. <laughs> That's not the only ministry I was part of, uh, <laughs> as usual. Um, in fact, any ministry, any church that I went to, I was always one of every ministry I could possibly be a part of. All the committees, <laughs> everything. Uh, I'm getting ready. You know, we're getting ready to line up and everything, get our robes on and everything like that. And I see him walk in, and I was like, "Oh, you know, so just go say hi." You know, so I went over. I said, "Hey," and he was like, "Oh, hi." And he grabs this girl's hand behind him. He said, "Um, yeah, hey, this is my fiance." I was like, "The hell." Hi, how are you? <laughs> All right, well, I got to get ready to say, All right, <laughs> see y'all later. <laughs> what? We were talking on the phone. And, and he clearly stated, okay, which insinuated that we were going to continue a friendship or something because yeah. of the kind of conversation that we had. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not a reader into things. So it was what it was. Sure. Yeah. Um, 
So for him to be with a fiance at that point, it was like, now I could have gone into the conversation we had on Friday in front of old girl. But because I want to be a good person, I let it go. I was in the line, though, ready to go and worship, holding back tears, of course, because I'm like, that was embarrassing. He had a very worried look on his face. He had a very nervous look when I walked up to say hello to him, which indicates that he's having second thoughts. So I was like, "Uh, all right, well, whatever. I I kept it moving. I let myself ride, you know, had it out with myself and let it go. Um, they got divorced two years later. <laughs> I, I don't rejoice in, in his, you know, um, marriage not working out. He's now married sure. to another woman, wonderful lady, and mm-hmm. having a great life together. So, you great. know, you live and you learn. You live and you learn. But um, it showed me my own character. Mm-hmm. I could have went ham sandwich right there in the church foyer, but I didn't. And then when I had my daughter, I was like, I looked at her and I was like, hmm, okay, well, I want to get her baptized. But at the time I was still kind of going back and forth with the uh, you know, belief. And then she grew and we weren't going to church at all. Ever since she was born, we never really did go because it just wasn't something I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I was in a stage in a place where all churches, to me, weren't biblically sound. They weren't doing what the Bible actually said. That's what led me into deconstructing, is that mm-hmm. this is what the Bible looked like. This is what the believers in the early church looked like. And we're not doing any of that. I looked at the laws. And I looked at the Jewish origins and then I was like, well, wait a minute. These folks think that they're practicing Christianity, but it's a mixture of something else. If you sat with an Orthodox Jewish person, it was a totally different, it, I mean, it, it was different. It, it was so different. There was a plethora of things, a flood of things that I learned about uh, the actual name of Jesus, the name of God, what it meant to a Jew, what it meant to somebody who was practicing back in those times, these Mm -hmm. beliefs and um, what they actually meant. Nothing remotely close to what the Christian evangelical denominations believe it's yeah it's a whole nother religion Mm -hmm. um when i saw that i was like i don't want to i don't want to be a part of it i just i can't go to that knowing this knowing that we're supposed to be going by the word of god and practicing these things and they're not doing it just didn't make sense to me anymore but um, anyway, so I'm, I'm looking at my daughter and she's growing up and uh, I'm seeing her behavior, how she treats people. I haven't, you know, I haven't thrown Bible verses at her at all throughout her life. I didn't even say anything about Jesus. It just baffles me how people 
you know, stay so locked in to their bubble uh, that they can literally create a perception that doesn't get in touch with reality. Mm. And what I mean is a person will say that you're shaped and born in iniquity. Then why be born? Why, why, why even bring forth something that's considered innately evil instead of something that is innately good? So when looking at my daughter and correlating, I was like, that's not bad. <laughs> She's mm. not bad. Mm. She just don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so what can I expect from her? Mm. And she came here with nothing but her body. Without a choice. She sure didn't choose to be here. And I looked at her and how she treated the things she would say, some of the things that she would say, like, well, why is there hungry people, mom? That's ridiculous. There should be hungry people. There's lots of food. We have food. We can give them our food. <laughs> I'm going to get rich, mommy. I'm going to get rich so that I can feed all the homeless people and give them houses to live in. I didn't teach her that. She observed it. However, mm. I work in the service industry. I work in the service field. I work in public service. I work in nonprofit at this point. And so she did see it from me and mm -hmm. her dad. We didn't say anything. Mm -hmm. You know, she's becoming whatever she sees. Looking at her, listening to her, I was like, nah, there's no way that's that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I looked at myself with my child in those previous situations and a few others that I experienced and I look back on all of them and I was like each time no matter how the outcome was my intentions were always good even when I was mad at somebody even when I wanted to see somebody face consequences for their actions I was coming from a goodness standpoint like there should be justice Things should, you know, be set correctly. Things should be set right. Mm -hmm. um, if something goes wrong, uh, I want to improve or get better at something. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like I can, so I should. You know, I should get better at life. I, every day I should come closer to being a better human being. That was, I can't, I, I mean, I, and it blew my I was like, <laughs> so why? And then that's when I said, I'm so sorry. Why was I shutting you up this whole time? I am so sorry I didn't stand up for you. I am so sorry I didn't tell them, no, you're not born into sin and shaped in iniquity. No, you are not. I didn't stand up to them for you. I'm sorry. And you are amazing. You are incredible. You took all of those hits and punches and you, you still care. You don't wish anybody harm. You've every right to, but mm. you don't. Mm. You just want everybody to experience the good things that you feel. And you've always been that way. And I sat you down. In fact, I duct taped your mouth and tied up your hands and sat you in a corner on the ground. And then I shut a door and I locked it. 
And every once and again, I would peek in at you. Every once and again, I would hear your muffled voice. But I'll never let you out. I'm sorry. I am so, so sorry. You didn't deserve that. In fact, you, you deserve everything that someone should have because you genuinely were good. You genuinely, you genuinely want good. Finding all of that out about myself, that is, oh man, oh man, oh man. I started to take my power back moment mm-hmm. by moment, day by day. Um, and I got to a point where uh, I kept my new spirituality to myself because I do have a practice. I do have a belief, but I keep it to myself because mm-hmm. it's for me. I don't want nobody playing with it or messing with it. Yeah. Um, uh, because when you, whenever you have a belief, people like to use that, you know, in some way. They like to have their inputs. You know, they like to, um, you know, tell you how to do or not do things. Um, and they mean well a lot of the time. Uh, most sure. of the time, they mean well. Um, and that's the other thing. It's like they they do mean well. You, I, I don't find really anybody that doesn't. But because they're not knowledgeable about me and only my avatar, they can't tell me those things. Mm-hmm. They can't really apply to me because uh, to me, spirituality is about connecting with yourself first. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> you can't get that from anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so it should be for me, I think if anybody has a, a you know, a personal belief or spiritual belief, there's nothing wrong with you, you know, there's nothing wrong with you putting your candle behind the door. But mm-hmm. sometimes people just want to throw it out. <laughs> Yeah. And shucks, who knows? If you just, you know, if you don't show it, it still shows up. You know, you'll put your candle behind the bushel and it'll catch one of the leaves on fire and then all of a sudden you got a burning bush. <laughs> Woo! All right. I I'm like I'm continually impressed with your like your ability to say something and then immediately come up for, with like an analogy that's in like the physical world. It's it's so incredible. <laughs> you, I was just like, I, you know, but, huh. I, I, and, and that's the thing. My spiritual, and uh, by the way, I didn't clarify exactly what faith you're talking about. I was in the evangelical Christian church. I went to non-denominational churches. I've been to Seventh-day Adventist churches. I've been to Jehovah's Witness. I, you know, uh, was kind of side-eyed and, and, and peeking in at Islam. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a little while because um, I was dating a guy who was uh, you know in that faith and mm-hmm. um, I got into fundamentalism yeah so Donnie Swagger was one of my favorites because he was tell it like it is straight up you know you know this is the word of God this is how it's going to be et cetera. Et cetera. I, I like that kind of talk I, I think because it, it, anybody who had a way about themselves to be able to say whatever they wanted to say how they wanted to say it I always envied that because I wasn't allowed to do that. Mm. I had to quiet myself all the time or suppress what I really want to say. Mm. And I remember one time my dad actually, you know, made that apparent. I was so conditioned that I didn't even realize after a while that I was suppressing myself. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so he said, well, Karina's fake. She's, she doesn't say what she really wants to say. And my mother was like, no, she's not. No, she's not. When he said what he said, I kid you not, I literally felt something in my gut, like, like, a, like handcuffs or a chain broke off. And then when my mother said, no, she's not, no, she's not, it's like it all locked me back up again. Immediately. Mm. Just the, even just the voice made me lock up again. Mm. And I was like, oh, huh, that was weird. Not realizing that that trigger conditioning, you know, was causing me to have a shutdown switch. Mm. That freezing that happens, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I would have, and, and there were times where I did try to, you know, speak up, but then I would get the, you know, finger wagging and the, and saying, you know, what you need to respect me and, and I'm your, you know, your parent, respect your mom and dad, et cetera, et cetera, honor your mother and father. So your days may be long, just freezing, even in wanting to have a conversation. What do you mean? Well, um, I. Um, was because, and then I would just cry because mm. the words were lodged right here Yeah, and they wouldn't come out mm. and they were all up here and in here, but they wouldn't come out. And I would cry because of the frustration as to why is it, why, why am I locking up like this? I want to tell them something about themselves right now. And I got words. I got lots of words and they're not coming out. So that conditioning, that, you know, washing of the brain, there's a switch that I had to, I, I literally had to find it too, to pull it out. Oh no, we wasn't going to turn it off. We was going to yank that shit out because I'm not dealing with, no, we're not doing this. Anymore. So um, I was saying before that I kept my spirituality to myself for the past several years um of course you know my family they're all believers and anytime we had gatherings you know they could always turn a conversation about ham or uh, <laughs> or a lawn chair into a conversation about jesus i don't know how they did it but it's you know magic <laughs> ham <laughs> ham you know noah Resurrection. Okay, God did, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, I, after I uh, realized, yes, innately good. I know myself now. I know I want to take that switch out. And I said sorry to myself. Um, I started to inform myself while I was being a fundamentalist. I was informing myself, mm-hmm. and eventually that transitioned to deconstructing because I would listen to all the the shows from the Jimmy Swaggart Ministries and they would say things like, you know, well, do your research, you know, look this up, look that up. So Mm. I did. (laughs) That's the point where I was like, okay, I want to be serious about this thing. So I need to, you know, get more in my word. I need to know what I'm talking about. You know, I need to know exactly why I believe what I believe. I need to know the origin of what I believe. I need to know all the basics of my faith. Okay, mm-hmm. what are the basic questions of my faith? Well, all right, I read the Bible. Everything's based, everything that I do should be based off of the word. 
I need to know who wrote each book. I need to know each book mm-hmm. in the Bible. And I need to know who wrote each book. I need to know um, about the people who wrote the books. That's That should be, you know, I mean, that should be elementary stuff. Then I wanted to know historical facts about the happenings in the Bible. <laughs> oh, it was a, it was a journey. It was a journey. And this is without Google, children. Without Google. Okay. We didn't have, you know, full-fledged Google at this time. Looking at all these things. And I started to find stuff, but it wasn't what I thought I would find. Mm. And I was being objective because I was like, I, this, is, this was me. I was in a place of so much faith that I wasn't concerned about going astray. Wow. I didn't put it past myself, however. I had enough humility to know that anything could happen to me. So my prayer was, I want to see you, God. I want to know you exactly for who you are. And I want, I want to know you without question. And I don't want anybody else's influence or rationale or um, interpretation involved in it. I want to know you directly. <laughs> then I said, if I stray, bring me right on back. Bring mm-hmm. me right back to you. I believe that. I was mm-hmm. not fearful. Why should I be fearful? fearful? Especially when a guy I worked with at the time said, you know, he was an atheist and he was like, you know, if I believed in a God, I wouldn't be scared of shit because it's God. Why would I walk around afraid of anybody, anything? I'd be like, you know what? Fuck you. I've got God. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yes. You know what I mean? And I was like, I said, I'm not even going to pretend that you ain't got a point right now. Yeah. <laughs> you are absolutely right. And that was what switched a light on for me. I was like, yeah, what am I afraid of? You don't need to be scared. And in fact, if I look back over my life, everything panned out just fine. That mm-hmm. must mean he's with me. So you know what? Let's do this thing. Let me dive on in. Let me get closer to this God that I've been serving all my life. You know, let me really go all the way deep, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, so I know my shit. I can go out there and minister to people and answer all of their questions and, you know, it, <laughs> just just know for yeah. a fact that I know, you know, the, the true um, living God mm-hmm. and uh, have the answers for people so that they can experience that, too. So they don't have to walk in fear. They don't have to live their life, you know, afraid of everything and, you know, concerned about, you know, their next meal and, you know, whatever else they're concerned about. I want them to have that freedom. Hmm. Yeah. Now, that's so good. I know you're talking about yourself. That's so good. Such a good person. I'm saying. <laughs> and I look here. I'm not, uh, you know, I, I've, I've agreed to be okay with tooting my horn. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. But it's balanced when you recognize that you're amongst other great, you know, Mm -hmm. incredible beings as well. Yeah, and you're all human. Exactly. And it's all it's all right to do that. It's all right Mm -hmm. to be be that way. So yes, good is what I was aiming for all the time. Yes. Um so so I was like, okay, you know what? Let me just um, you know, continue learning. I learned about the holidays. 
because the first one of the first things I went into was, okay, the language of the Bible. I looked into the 1611 Bible. Woo! The U's <laughs> are V's and the V's are, you know, like another letter. It's like it's the way that that Bible is written is, is just, just insane. It's, you can tell <laughs> that the European clergy did not want people reading that. <laughs> no, they, no, they did not. You no. can tell they didn't want them to read it because it was just, it was, oh my gosh. The these and the vows and the thuses, you know, look like the this and, you know, like, because of the lettering was different that and you know so many people didn't know how to read that was another factor yeah yeah that's exactly we're gonna control Um, this for you (laughs) yep the other thing was that fact that the bible was written that way so i was like well wait a minute if these letters are so different here how do they know they translated this correct from the hebrew and aramaic and greek how do they know? Let me look in it. Somebody's going to ask me that. I know they are. I'm going to. I got to find yeah. out. You're like ready so to be into... to be the best witness. Damn right, the best. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no half stepping over here. No, nope. <laughs> nope. You're like I'm going all the fuck in. Yep, all the way. So I said, well, let me look into um, Hebrew text and what these words mean, and. When I saw the different meanings of the words, I was like, well, that's totally different from this. The word virgin, you can interchange the word virgin sometimes depending on the situation they were talking about. So is the difference between Orthodox Eastern Christianity is also pretty vast. Um, I learned Mm -hmm. about uh, the Ethiopian practices and um, uh, all of these different um, traditions that they have, like the, uh, I mean, it's assumed that there's a place in Ethiopia where the Ark of the Covenant is and is solidly guarded day and night. I looked into documentaries about uh, the tomb where Jesus was buried. It's, in, it's kind of inconclusive uh, as far as if there's certain, that's, you know, where he was buried. <laughs> Yet people go and see it anyway. They go there and they're like, oh, it just feels so, oh, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you know, like, honey, no, that's just the dust getting up in your nose. <laughs> what is the point in going to visit Jerusalem? Oh, everybody wanted to go to Jerusalem. They everybody. really did, didn't they? You know, everybody wanted to go to the wall, pray at the wall. But what, what got me is that nobody correlated that you were trying to take on a belief of another culture. Mm, there it is. You are not Jewish. <laughs> nope. It's a whole culture. That's a whole people. It's, it's mm. not the same. Like, you're, no, you are not grafted in, baby, no. No, <laughs> the idea, oh, we're grafted into the vine. No, you know. No. Yeah. No, that's no, not how it works. It's not, <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like the, the most, uh, like, biggest cultural appropriative scheme ever. It is. Oh, my goodness, it is. 
And uh, they literally turned it into a whole nother belief system. It's, it's a whole other belief system now. There came a time where I let go of the fundamentalism, let go of all the Illuminati nonsense. <laughs> I, I'm finally at a place where, um, you know, I can use my voice. And uh, after, you know, looking into things and learning exactly where some of uh, evangelical Christianity came from, I had to let it go. I couldn't go back. I, I tried to go back. And it was heartbreaking. Um, the misconception that, oh, you know, you just want to go out and sin. Honey, I was never the one. I was never the one. I just, you know, I I held on to my virginity until I was 27, 28-ish. I still didn't start cussing until I was 32. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, yeah. I... I when I say I live that life, I live that, that life. Yeah. I was doing everything possible to be um, what I thought was, you know, a woman of God. The next chapter, after realizing I can't go back to it, was starting to find people. One particular person, this was a couple years ago, probably about three years ago, that I found this guy, Kevin Wesley. And he's now a polygamist, has a beautiful family, beautiful uh, two wives, and um, they basically show how they live okay, as a family um, mm. here and there. You know, of course, there's certain things they keep, you know, keep to themselves, you know, so they have their sacred, sacred uh, moments. Uh, but um, for the most part, he, his aim is to show people, you know, how to build a legacy that mm. it's not about having a bunch of, you know, partners. It's about um, creating a community and sort of a village of care and growth and, you know, building up of uh, the next generation. That's the place that he speaks from. The first time I saw him, though, he was um, talking about how he was devastated that the Bible isn't real. It isn't real as in how they teach it in the church. He was like, yeah. I am just floored. I built my whole life around this. And I just have to say, you guys, I did the studying. I did the research. Um, yeah. The pastor of the church that he was in had passed away. And so, of course, they're looking at different leadership at that time. And he was like, well, I got to know my stuff, you know, so I'm going to dive into this. I'm going to get in and learn everything I need to know, you know, and make sure I know my stuff, you know, because I'm going to be leading people. I take this seriously, you know, and I don't want to, you know, lead anybody into the wrong direction. And that's <laughs> like comes you. up every time, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Comes up every time. Sincere. Um, so sincere. But he, uh, he's on YouTube. He's on YouTube. And mm. uh, yeah, you know, he talked about how he lost his job and, you know, because his, his job didn't want him around because of the video that he made that went sort of viral mm -hmm. about um, why he's no longer a Christian. And it was just bringing too much attention to his local area where he was. Because mm -hmm. like I said, he was a pastor. He was pretty decently known in his area. So it was like, you know, <laughs> they didn't want to, you know, deal with any uh, a type of that attention. I guess. Yeah. 
But it set him in a place where he was able to go ahead and find his new um, life, you know. And um, uh, when I saw him, I started looking at other videos um, about uh, Egyptian symbols, you know, the correlation between the Bible and the Zodiac, you know, all of these different things that weren't concepts before. And I was like, oh, wow, this is incredible. So I got to the point where I was like, it just looks like, it started to look like Christianity was a, a preschool for spirituality. It just seems to me like it's the, I'm sorry, I can't think of a better word, but it seems like the lowest version of spirituality. Yeah, it's like if you were just going to like, you wanted to do something and you made it like the most basic, like so that a basic human could get it. Yes. Okay, That's basic. where you started. Yes. That, that, there we go. Basic. Um, yeah, it, I, I say Christianity is, well, is a door. <laughs> you remember how there's a scripture where Christ says, I am the door. And I was like, now it's making sense. Eh, you were the door. That means that there's something beyond that. Yeah, like a whole, whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> but the um, realization of that, I was like, ooh. So it went from disappointment, you know, hurt. <laughs> and I, I look back at when I started the page. John actually had a little something to do with that. <laughs> Steingarten? Yeah, he was my push. He was my final push. And uh, I thanked him. I, I think I thanked him for it. I hope I did. But I was like... Uh, you know what, I, I better just go ahead and thank you. I'm not sure if I did, but I should. And um, because I was like, you know, I'm thinking about starting the page. I DM'd him. So I'm thinking about it. Sounds good to me. You know, pretty much. Everybody was like, do it. Bill Drysdale. He said, oh, do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was sure. Okay. Uh, so I was like, let me just go ahead and um, I'm just going to do it. Just going to do it. It took me on another journey mm. through my deconstructing because um, there were things that I hadn't worked through. I had gained the knowledge, but I hadn't worked through the things that I dealt mm-hmm. during the time that I was a believer from the time that I was a believer to the time where I was going through my initial part of the construction. And so going through doing the posts and hearing other people's comments and input, there were things that were brought to you know, the forefront for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, wow. Oh my gosh, I, wow, I didn't realize the stuff that I was still working through until I did that page. I was like, huh. mm, yeah. so we're, when I, when I said that we're all learning together, I meant what I said. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And that's, that's the best perspective to have too, you know, cause you're not ever going to be done. Mm-hmm. You're going to keep learning. You're going to keep like, you know, and that'll change and go in all kinds of different directions. But like having that kind of mindset allows people to be comfortable with you, but also like allows just like an endless amount of wisdom and maturity and intuition to continue to come your way. Right. Yeah. It, and it does. And, um, I was in a place where I was like, you know what, there's things that I want to happen while I'm going through this process, but I am not going to dictate when or what. Mm. I just started it and I was like, I'm just going to start it. But then I was like, okay, this is a smorgasbord. (laughs) My first page. I want to make the information that I have, the formative stuff, the historical facts, the 
you know, the uh, live interviews. I want it to be in one place where it's easier for them to find it. Mm. So right now I'm structuring, I'm thinking about the graphics and all of that, how I want to set up both pages. So there's going to be a revamp um, mm. coming in, in the coming months. And uh, I'm a creative. So, you know, you, y'all just have to be patient with me because <laughs> I don't rush my process. <laughs> and um, I work from um, the heart. So I have to step back sometimes and say, nah, let's take a break. Mm. You know, yeah. you know, let's just talk about something you want to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Who cares if anybody likes it or whatever. Just, just post it. Somebody will, whoever wants wants to see it, whoever cares about it will, will care about it and that'll be that. So, um, you know, sticking to, holding on to the voice I gave. Yeah. I had to do that. Yeah. I got my voice. I was like, uh-uh, we're not losing it now. We, we untied you. We took, your, we took the duct tape off your mouth. We took you out the room. You standing, girl. You, now you sashay it. Brown. People going to see this. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what the world uh, needs. That's what the world needs. It, it's been great. Point. I am just glad because I said that I was just going to let everything happen naturally. So I was like, anything that happens in the process next, I'm just going to let it. Hmm. The interesting thing is that also the spiritual gifts that I had acquired as a believer, I found those spiritual gifts, so to speak, still at work. Mm, yeah. Then I find out from my Grammy that we have indigenous blood. Mm. Where from, I don't know, but she was at the beginning of her decline or departure, but she was recalling memory and randomly would talk about things that happened when she was young. And so she said to me one day, she was just sitting at the kitchen table eating. And I had gone over my mom's to visit her. She had come out to see us when we were in California. Sitting at the table with her. And she's like, I remember I would go and visit my grandma. And she had hair all the way down her back. Black all the way down here. And she would braid it in one braid. Or she would braid it in two braids like this. She wasn't full black. She She was from a nation. And I have it on video. I was like, because I was like, wait, Grandma, hold on, hold on. Say Say that again. Say that again. So you're saying that great-great-grandma was from a nation as in Native American? She was like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) She was like, like, "Mm -hmm." just so nonchalantly. I was like, she didn't want it. Because it's a thing in the Black community. Everybody be claiming, oh, we got Indian in our family. (laughs) Are you sure? But then I looked at myself and I was like, like, oh. Wow. The conversation was short, but intense. So intense. I had to walk outside. And when I shut the door to walk outside, I I immediately started crying because I was like, I don't know who I am. Like, why didn't we talk about this ages ago? Why, why didn't we talk about our lineage and where we come from ages ago? That's, you know, such... It's just how, why all these mm. things going through my head. So now I'm trying to find out who we are. <laughs> so I plan on looking through my family lineage at some point, but 
sort of active, I was just like, huh, okay, well, then all this stuff that people were telling me in the church isn't true. Once again, <laughs> more proof that, you know, it's a farce. It's a control mechanism at this point, And it's also a political mechanism that has been working that way for centuries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Constantine, yeah. the whole purpose was to keep tabs on it. Mm-hmm. The origin of Western Christianity was for politics because they took something that was powerful, transformed it into something that was used for manipulation. Anybody knows the laws of the earth. It requires a lot from you. It requires a whole lot. You'll get what you're asking for, but you'll also get a lot of stuff that you don't want comes with. And that is a lot of the ills of our society, mm-hmm. the violence, the racism, anything mm-hmm. else that comes with that wants and pursuit of power. Mm-hmm. Um, deconstructing made me look at social ills and the roots of them, the roots, not the symptoms. Symptoms are mass shootings. Symptoms mm-hmm. are racist responses, microaggressions. Symptoms, quote unquote, black on black crime. <laughs> symptoms are gentrification. Symptoms are uh, large gaps in uh, the economy, wealth structure. Mm-hmm. Those are symptoms. Mm-hmm. The root causes. That's that's the issue. Is is getting to those root causes. But um, when you get into those root causes. People literally have to change their whole life. Yeah. And folks are afraid of that. Deconstructing, I think, is a beautiful experience overall because it takes away your apathy. And when you're no longer apathetic, you are so receptive to radical change. Mm -hmm. And that's the window I'm talking about. I see a window. And I'm peeking through that window and I see lots of people receptive to radical change. Mm. And if we, and specifically as content creators, with the way people pay attention to social media, and to all of these means of communicating around the world, like I can post something and somebody in Italy can see my words in my video and they're receptive. There's an awakening, you know, I don't use that word in a cliche manner, but there is people who want the information. They want to know better so they can do better. Mm -hmm. And um, my perspective is is of course to focus on that part. Mm -hmm. There's still a lot of people that end up it further down ignorance lane, <laughs> you know, and uh, but there's just as many people that are looking for that togetherness that I'm after. We're striving to awaken in ourselves and, and be. But what I saw was the whole book, the whole Bible is literally a journey into a, uh, you know, a connected mindset. Hmm. Um, You have to literally start with creating something and going through all the turmoil, the ups, the downs, you know, the 
triumphs, the losses to you know become this being that just plain old says, you know, love is literally the law. At some point when you go through the challenges and the different situations and circumstances, you meet the door. You meet Jesus. You go through the door and you find heaven, right? Heaven, though, a lot of people I noticed didn't realize is on earth mm-hmm. because even in the Bible, it says that heaven came down to earth. The earth continued. Nobody spoke about that part. Of We're there. The only thing is, is that we have to uh, acknowledge it and make room for each other. We make room for each other. That's what we'll have. Yeah. Just my simple, little, you know, minuscule kind of, you know, speck in the universe perspective. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to see people come into themselves, you know, finding their path, making room for each other, learning together. That's what everything's been about for me anyway, since I started all of this. Um, the the Instagram thing was just me wanting to let people know uh you're not by yourself. You're not crazy, and you're be, you'll be okay. You know, yeah. you're gonna have a great life, no matter what. It's completely up to you. It really is. You can be God. You can be human. You can be a bird. <laughs> you, you you can be whatever you want to be. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not literal. It's more so, you know, taking off any limitations for the purpose of being open enough to learn something new every day picking up on little things yeah that's some like incredible wisdom to end on thank you for that for for sharing from from your own experience with that much vulnerability i know that that will mean so much to so many people and means a lot to me it's it's an honor to hear to hear you speak to hear your voice to hear the good Karina that's always been there stand up and have, have so many incredible things to say. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Hello everyone. I just wanted to take a minute to talk about my life coaching services. If you are someone who is feeling uncertain about your purpose now that you've left religion or uncertain uh, about your personal values and struggling with your personal identity now that you have left, I would love to talk with you. I love working with people to help them understand their body's intuition and trust their own yes and no and figure out who they are now that they have the freedom to do so. It can be such an exciting and exhilarating experience and also a scary one, which is why I think support can be incredibly helpful. I am very gifted in helping people see what they're good at and what they're gifted in doing and contributing to the world. So if that sounds like you, I'd love to hear from you. Please go to ChristinaMCarlson.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-M-C-A-R-L-S-O-N.com. You can schedule a free discovery call and we can talk about what we can work on together. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Religious Renegade podcast. Please like and subscribe to hear more. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Christina Carlson Life Coach. Thank you.